there is going to be good and bad with this technology. But I think that we, the more we understand, the better prepared we'll be for the bad and the better prepared we'll be to lean into the good. Welcome to the AI for Churches podcast. Our goal is to empower church leaders just like you to harness the power of artificial intelligence for sermon prep, outreach, worship, and so much more. We do this by providing you with exclusive insights from AI experts, church leaders, and innovators from around the globe who are actively leveraging AI to amplify the gospel and reach people for Christ. I'm your host, Cassandra Robinson, and the AI for Churches podcast starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the AI for Churches podcast. We have Nil Smith here with us. What's up, Nil? Thanks for letting me be here. Yeah, absolutely. We're so happy to have you on the show today. AI for Churches is all about the intersection of faith, innovation, and tech, and leveraging digital technology to spread the good news. Nils, today we're going to dive into AI and mindset, which is a really key foundational element to adopting this new technology and leveraging it to its max potential. Instead of just giving you strategy and tactical how to apply ChatGPT, we also feel like this is an important conversation for the church as a whole is, hey, what mindset shifts do you need to really supercharge and streamline your processes? It, it requires this mindset shift with any new technology. So Nels, we, we appreciate you joining us on the show today. Yeah, excited for the conversation we're going to have. Absolutely. And so a little background on Nils. Nils is head of innovation at Dunham & Company. He works with some of the largest ministries worldwide, really balancing the adoption of emerging tech with their actual needs. As an advocate for a mindset of openness, he navigates between learning from new developments and also avoiding unnecessary overinvestment, which is super important. We'll talk about later in the show. Nils will be sharing his expertise and insights with us. And we're excited to dive in. So Nils, tell us a little bit about your just experience with, with AI, what you're, what you're up to right now, what yeah. you're interested. Yeah, so in, in my role at Dunham & Company, we, we often, or my, you know, our founder, Rick Dunham, will often say that it's my role at Dunham to run ahead of our clients five years. And so when I started with Dunham eight years ago, that was predominantly social media. That was those technologies. And then the last few years, that's been kind of metaverse or crypto and, and, and some of those virtual reality uh, and, and those technologies. But, but obviously, in the last six months to a year, top of everyone's mind has been this AI conversation. And so I, I have naturally dove into it. And the reality is AI has been a part of our world and a part of even social media algorithms for, for years. It just hasn't been so accessible for us to tangibly use it. And so the chat GPT being really that first platform that people began to have accessibility to another platform is Jarvis, uh, that a lot of people have used. And now Google has come out with their BARD platform. And so, you know, I'm, I'm doing what a lot of other people are doing and I'm, you know, getting onto those platforms. I'm testing them and I'm, you know, trying different things and, and just, you know, in some ways having a lot of fun pioneering them and, and also trying to understand all aspects of them, all some of the downsides, some of the good sides, some of the opportunities that, that I think are going to be possible for, for ministry leaders around these technologies. I love it. In our in our previous conversation, we talked about navigating the balance between adopting too slow or too fast in terms of new tech. Like, what are your thoughts about that as it relates to the church and adopting AI or any really new tech? 
what's been interesting in, in this conversation in uh, with ministry leaders is I feel like I've often been the voice pushing church leaders out of their comfort zone into new technologies. And so when it came to, I remember even websites building, you know, back in 19, you know, I don't know if it was 1999 or 2000, building a website for my church on Microsoft front page and church members getting mad of like, so is this going to be a porno site or what is this? They didn't, they didn't know. They thought that's what the internet was. It's just pornography. Oh. And why would we have a website <laughs> that in the only purpose of that pornography? And, and that was often the mindset of like, if these technologies that are being used for evil are only evil. And then I think naturally it'd be crazy. Like you, if you don't have a website today, you might as well not exist. And websites aren't evil. They are used, I think, to do evil, but they're not evil. And, and then social media came along and it was like, well, this is harmful. This is unhealthy. This is encouraging people not to go to church and just do church on the internet. And I think obviously today churches are realizing, well, this is a great front door. This is a great opportunity for our church members to be connected with each other throughout the week. And, and I think we're seeing and learning good behaviors while there's still bad things happening on social media. And so I feel like I push churches into web technologies, into social media. With AI, though, I think coming on the other side of the pandemic, I see a lot of church leaders that realize they got behind and now they have to play catch up. Many want to run ahead now. And I feel like I'm actually talking church leaders off the ledge of, okay, we need to create our own chat GPT or our own AI voice, you know, engine, you know, deep fake technology. How do we do that? What do we do? And it's kind of like, maybe not yet. You know, you're hearing about it. You're learning about it. There are some opportunities you can take now, but I think we we have to, there's a balance between over committing and over investing on the front edge of technology. And obviously there's a balance of being a laggard and, and waiting to the end. And so I think it's a tension. I think every church has to manage of how much do we invest? I think there's no doubt every church needs to be paying attention to AI, but there is an investment level that that is wise and there's a investment level that is just, you know, you're being frivolous. I appreciate that. And so what do you feel like that balance is? Or I'm sure it depends on from one church yeah. to the next, but what are maybe some key elements to keep in mind when investing in new tech? I think at the core, you got to ask why. Why are we investing in this? I think the key investment from my perspective is understanding and knowledge. So this is where I, you know, generally say the best place to start is chat GPT or BARD on the Google side and just get to know it. Just like I remember when, you know, Yahoo search came out or some of those initial Netscape uh, search engines and you just do a search and you would see what results pulled up. And, and now we just Google as a part of how we do things. You know, YouTube, my kids are like, oh, let me go YouTube it. Like it's an action that we take. My kids know how to find what they're looking through by searching YouTube. That when I grew up wanting to find a video, I would flip channels. They search it up is the language that they use. And that's just a, a learn. And honestly, that's an action that we perform on a website and it gives us the results we're looking for. Well, similarly, AI, language AI, we have to learn how to give it an action. And then, you know, it will give us results and it will give us a different kind of results than what we're used to with like a Google search. And so I think it just starts with take the tools that are free and accessible, spend five minutes a day and, and test them, use them a little bit. And, and you know, I think about, it's funny, I was, my daughter was doing homework the other day. I was like, oh, let's see if ChatGPT can do your homework for you. And we did it. And she's like, dad, that's cheating. I'm like, no, you're just using, it's like me using a calculator, you know, when I was a kid. And it is cheating to copy and paste, to, to be clear. But I do think that that it's, she's going to have these tools the rest of her life. The faster she learns how to use them, the better. And I think as church leaders, before we make a decision as to whether this is evil or this is good or what the opportunities are, we have to understand them. And I think the two best tools out there right now to 
understand what's possible are ChatGPT and BARD, but there are lots of tools out there. And I think there's lots of, you know, I get really excited about some of the future opportunities, but I think a lot of those are, are really excessive. I'll, I'll tell you one that I teased out to some ministry leaders and they got really excited about it. And I've had to like pull them back of like, okay, it's not time to do this yet. And that's with, with deep fake voice technology. And so there's a, a technology, you know, there, there's a guy I work with in the UK who, who's, you know, developed a technology that it can, you basically ingest about a thousand hours of somebody's voice and it, it is a, you know, perfect match, you know, for that voice. And then it can also auto translate it into essentially any language. So it can take my voice and take all the different podcasts that I've done through the years, mm -hmm. learn my voice, my inflections, my just, and it sounds exactly like me. And then it can have me speak in French and say whatever it is that it wants to say. Well, that's pretty cool when you think about, oh, I can have all my sermons translated to every language. That's awesome. It's, it's also quite expensive. It's also, we don't know if that language translation is accurately translating what, what you're doing. It's still very much in development that we're, we're distributing it to places where we can't respond to the people. So that is a possibility for a handful of ministries to begin to tinker with, but that is not a technology that every ministry needs to be diving into. I get excited about things like that, but I think those are one of those opportunities mm -hmm. where it's like, cool, in a couple of years, every ministry should be able to easily translate all of their content into just about any language. That's exciting. But right now, I think ChatGPT and BARD are probably for 95% of the ministries out there enough when it comes to your AI tool toolkit. I love that. So that kind of segues into some challenges and solutions like you you just touched on briefly. And I think that this is something that's come up in a couple conversation is the easefulness of use of chat GBT. Like, yeah. like even your daughter, right? She's young and she's like, that's cheating. Wait a minute. Like, it's too simple. Like, it's too easy. It can't be easy. Like, it's we are as a people like used to things being hard and like cooling, right? Even with all the conveniences that we have, you know, so when something's like easeful or simplified, it's like, wait a minute, is this okay? Is this right? And, you know, something interesting I saw from an influencer that you actually mentioned earlier, Shay, you know, who recently got saved that she mentioned, like, even the gospel itself is almost like too easy. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. God sent his only son to die for us. Yes. And receive his grace. And that's, there's nothing else for us to do. We just receive his mercy and grace. Like, that's too simple. That's too easy. That can't, that can't be it. Right. And she was likening it to a very interesting perspective, but she was likening it to AI and some of the tools. Like, it's too simple. Like, we're slow to adopt because of this, like, concept within us that's ingrained in us that things have to be hard they have to be like arduous they can't be simple it can't be like god's grace can't just be simple that we just receive receive him there's nothing else wait a minute so i just think that that's interesting too like as we talk about mindset here and like shifting that mindset to say like hey here's a new technology just like when google came out like you said or social media came out and then you could like live stream church or more and more people are accessing resources on their on their phone or social media that actually people are get, getting saving through like TikTok videos and like, you know, all these, all this different stuff, right? Like yeah. leveraging what we have and realizing that with great power does come great responsibility and that ultimately we are the users of X, Y, or Z, whether it's chat, GPT, social media, or otherwise. We talked with Bart the other day about even like ethics and morals and values as Christians and leveraging those tools in a, in a way that's aligned with our faith and still honors God. Yes. I think about things like, like writing sermons. 
I think about pre-Google, you know, a lot of pastors would literally go to a library and they would have to go and research different things through a library to find sermon illustrations or to dig into information where, you know, thanks to Google and some other search technologies, they're able to filter through a lot of content and get to what they want to more specifically. Well, ChatGPT is going to enhance that significantly. But what also happens with that is you'll catch a lot of pastors, even Google, basically copying other people's sermons and almost not even developing their own thoughts. And I think sermons are going to be written by ChatGPT when it's like, no, this should actually be created fully by a human and just supported by ChatGPT. But where's that line? We don't know. I think we're, we're, we're going to have to figure that out. I think about things like accessibility, you know, my kids of, you know, I didn't have accessibility to the internet when I was a teenager growing up. And so my kids have, have in some ways, have incredible access to knowledge uh, and insights and learnings that I never could. It would, you know, just wasn't accessible, but they also had access to insights and learnings and things that, you know, their young minds don't, you know, aren't ready to, to process through. And that's complicated. And so I think that there are these just complexities that, that are coming from an ethical standpoint. And this is why I think it's just so important for pastors to, to begin understanding because we, we often just jump to assumptions based on a news report or mm-hmm. you know, what we right. hear or perceive or assume without really understanding. And I think this is we're, we're running into some ethical walls, but I think we have people making assumptions or jumping to conclusions without understanding what the technologies are. You know, I think even when I think about the deep fake technologies, as cool as it is to translate your sermon into any language, we can also, I could create a sermon that Billy Graham preaches today based on that same technology and have him preach something heretical. And people would know that it wasn't actually a Billy Graham recording that we didn't just pull out of you know, a vault that nobody had found before, but how do you prove that? That's a complex, you know, challenge that we're facing. Or, you know, I think about the number of people I, I'm into crypto. And so I have people creating fake Instagram accounts of me and trying to sell Bitcoin scams and people get scammed by it. I'm always shocked when I get a message from somebody saying, hey, I never got that thing you sent me on Bitcoin. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, this wasn't you. Well, that's happening to pastors all the time with these fake Instagram accounts those are going to get way better because it's actually going to be somebody's voice and face, you know, sending a video asking for money or, or doing different things. This is a problem with this technology. How do we solve these problems? Now, some of that is the technologist will, will need to solve them, but I think we need to understand it to even give uh, direction and, and speak into the solutions. So I think that's really the, the biggest opportunity right now from my perspective for pastors is not the, the tasks you can perform, but I think it's really in the understanding that you can gain right now. And I think that's the most important thing. And I would even get into ChatGPT or, or Bard and just say, can you teach me the next 10 minutes the key things you want me to know about ChatGPT? And maybe even say, teach me as if I'm a fourth grader. And I think even part of the learning, part of even the tricks of language AI right now is, is being able to create the right triggers, the right prompts uh, is the language that, that's used in in that, in that world of mm-hmm. uh, even say, teach me like a fourth grader, you know, similar to how Tim Keller would teach theology or something like that, of, you know, how AI is going to affect the future of the church and see what it creates. It's really, I think, going to be interesting as we learn how to better prompt these technologies. And, that, and I think that's part of the learning. And even these machines can, can educate us on themselves. 
and that's crazy and mind blowing to to think about. But it it is where where things are going, and I, and I think the reality is this is a path the world is going down, whether we like it or not. Mm. Uh, so that's good or bad. But I think that there is going to be good and bad with this technology. But I think that we, the more we understand, the better prepared we'll be for the bad and the better prepared we'll be to lean into the good. Mm. I think it's interesting that we talk about these solutions and how are these challenges and so what are some solutions to the implementation of AI and you know deep fake all these different things you know so what are some recommendations I guess or what do you foresee or envision being a really great way to leverage responsibly yeah the answer is I don't know you know I, I don't I really don't I, I think one of the things that I've, I've been privileged to get to know is that there are some great thought leaders and great people working at some of these big technology companies. And I look at a company like Glue that I think is doing some really interesting things in the space. There are others out there that I think are doing. There's a, a guy in the UK, James Poulter is his name, and he runs a voice uh, like an Alexa and Google voice agency. And, and he's, you know, he's a Christian guy. He's running a you know, secular agency, but he's, you know, he's one of the most just insightful leaders. Christian Vision is doing some, some, awesome things in the space. So I think there's some real innovators that are leading the way mm-hmm. and doing some really interesting things. My, my friend, Kenny Jang uh, is, is doing a lot of interesting things as well. And, and I think he's a voice worth following. So I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's a lot of paying attention to, to what some of those thought leaders are doing, but then also I think it's going to be, it, it is going to require us to lean into technology developers of helping to point them in the right direction as to what needs are they solving? I mean, I think that's the, what technology does is it is it solves needs. And so I think I think as I, I look at where the opportunity really is, mm-hmm. is we've often seen technology as a way to do to do things we couldn't otherwise do. But I, I think it's actually going to replace doing things that we're already doing so that we can do the things that only we can do. And and I think that's a real powerful opportunity that that we're not seeing is I think it's actually going to allow us to do less, you know, tasks and focus on more relationships. And I, and I think the most important thing that every minister ministry leader needs to do is minister to their congregation, mm-hmm. uh, minister to the people God's called them to. And so AI is going to automate things like form building, website development, you know, graphic design. I mean, there's all kinds of tasks that we do, email sending, email writing. There's lots of tasks I think that we're going to be able to integrate AI into, and that's going to be part of the optimization that it does. And so that's going to free us up to quit doing so many tasks and start focusing more on the relationships uh, with the people that that we're called to minister to. And I, I think that's where we're going to fail with AI is if we try to use AI to automate ministry. People have asked me whether I think even if some, some people will get saved, they're already getting saved through AI chat bots. Uh, and they're like, are they really saved? I, I think they're saved. I think, I think automation can lead to real life change. But I think human to human, person to person, life to life integration is the most meaningful, you know, transformational ministry that we can do. And AI is going to enable us to do more of that because the automation is going to take away a lot of the management that we've had to do in managing the operations of the church. We can focus on the ministry of 
the church. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I think that that's the perspective we want to bring into this episode since we're talking about AI and mindset and really understanding that AI helps to streamline tasks and automate monotonous things that you do on a regular basis. So that you, like you said, you can do more of the meaningful work of connecting with people, uh, praying with people, really ministering, like you said, life to life, because because that can never be replaced, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and it's artificial intelligence, it's artificial, right? It, it's, yes. it, it cannot replace that human connection, but it can help you leverage your time. It sounds like is what I'm hearing you say. It can really help you leverage your time so that you can invest those hours that you would have been put into these tasks back into your people. And so that, that's like really where we want to focus that shift is that it's not there to replace you. It's not there to write your sermon for you. It's, it can't do that. It's there to actually just act as like an assistant, as another a member of your team to help brainstorm, to bring these things to the table. And ultimately you are going to be the one to filter through that. There's still the need for human touch and human filtration. And because we're in the wild, well west of AI right now and things are like so, you know, um, tumultuous and changing, then there's new AI tools every day. It really is going to be up to us to steward. Yes. In a way that both serves others and honors God, right? And in, in alignment with with our call, with our yeah. with our commission here as believers, as the church, right? To preach the gospel and, and Matthew and the gospel to preach the gospel to the whole inhabited earth and then the end will come. So AI, like you said, is even it has opportunity to translate into languages, the Bible into lang- different languages and reach people in remote areas. And even now chatbots are like helping people lead people to Christ. And that's like ultimately that's that's the goal, right? We want people to give their lives to Christ to have this personal relationship with him. And this is why it's such an interesting conversation because it's like AI and tech, what does that have to do with like faith? So it seems like they're really polar opposites. And so I can see how the church would like laugh it off kind of thing. Like AI, like what? No way. There's no, no space. Yes. This is a, we want to have this, these types of conversations to see like, Hey, where does it fit? Where can it fit? Yes. And I think that that word stewardship is such an important word in this conversation. Because we've got to steward our time and where we're, we're spending time. And I think that's where we can over-invest is we can spend way too much time going down these paths. But I think we also have to steward our time of like learning these things and what we're kind of intaking from a knowledge standpoint to better shepherd the communities uh, and the people that God, God has called us to. We, we, we've got to steward our resources, our financial resources of, of where we're going to spend the church's money. And, and some of that's going to be an AI. And some of it needs to be an AI in the very near future. And so you need to have a knowledge as to where you need to be investing in AI. And you need to steward it of steward it from a from a standpoint of ethics of like, look, this is a, this is where we draw a line with AI for good and bad within our context and our mission of there's gonna be lines that that have to be drawn and where we understand it to be helpful and where we you know understand it to be damaging. And I think we the more we can have knowledge the better stewards we're going to be of this technology innovation. You brought up a great point too earlier, Nils, about churches thinking they need to invest $50,000, like say in a website or something like that. And 
when we look at the premium subscription for ChatGPT, right, is like 20 bucks, I think, per month. And so like, hey, where, like you said, this tool that can create like several social media posts out of one blog post and give you a script for a YouTube video. And so where are we leveraging our resources, our time, our finances, which is really some of the most important assets or resources that we have as humans. And the Lord is calling us to properly steward those those resources. And so it just, again, we're looking to the word, we're looking to God for wisdom and how to leverage these different things. And, and if we can decrease the cost of investing or over-investing, like we talked about earlier, you mentioned like over-investing, where can that, where can those resources be put toward? Yeah. And I think right now, AI is a marketing uh, language, maybe more than anything else in that you see so much software coming out. They're like, oh, get our AI, whatever, get our AI. If you don't, don't get, this is a place where I think we have poor stewardship plans. We're like, oh, we're using AI. We, We bought this software and it says AI. And so we're using AI. I think a lot of people are kind of faking AI right now too, just for the sake of selling a product. If you don't understand how that AI is being used, don't buy it. I think we, we we need to understand and not just be kind of suckered into some kind of fancy, you know, I'm on the cutting edge because I have this. This is part of stewardship is, is having a knowledgeable understanding of what we're buying. And so if something says it has AI, I, th- I think you need to understand or how they're using because that that, that tells me they're using data in a way that, that we you, you need to be knowledgeable about what that means to, to use data. We see conversations happening in the, the U.S. Congress about data and technology and AI that are important, but you're also hearing some just really uneducated questions, I think, coming out of that. And, and sometimes uneducated questions is how we gain knowledge. But, but I think we, we just all, the AI is this kind of wild, wild west right now. But I think we've got to be cautious as to even who we are buying AI from. And because in some ways, too, we're giving them data. Uh, if they're actually using AI, that we might need to be cautious about. I think think this moves us into sort of the future of AI or what you envision as being on the precipice or on the horizon. You know, I think it's hard, like you mentioned, we're in the wild, wild west, so it's even hard to even look that far in the future. But if we we have our audience listening today, the church leaders and pastors who are maybe on the, the fence about leveraging AI, what would you recommend and what are some thoughts for the future of AI? Yeah, I, I think I think the reality of AI is it is going to affect our churches just as much, if not even more so than the, the internet did. And when you think about how much the internet ha- has affected our churches, when we think about our website being on the internet, we think about our social media engagement being on the internet, email being on the internet, we, we look at even our database systems have now typically moved to a cloud system, the internet has transformed in some ways every aspect of how we do church. I think AI is, is going to be similar. AI is going to transform the way we prepare a worship service, the way we prepare for a sermon, the way we prepare for any Bible study. It's going to affect the way we manage our building. AI is going to help probably even run our air conditioning systems. It's going to help create our cleaning systems. It's going to help schedule our buildings for classes and, and things like that. A- AI is going to be a part of so many different aspects of our day-to-day operations within the life of a church. It's also going to help people from a discipleship perspective connect to the scriptures that they need in a certain moment because of the way these AI systems can work. 
it's going to help people connect into the right small group that's for them, not just them having to find and search all of your small groups, but the AI is going to help them find the right small group for them. The AI is also, as I talked about language translation earlier, of, you know, watching an interview with Mr. Beast, a popular YouTuber, mm-hmm. and he's using language translation right now. He said he went to a Spanish-speaking country and he was just overwhelmed by the people who just started following him at the airport because they're watching his Spanish videos there and they feel like they know him. Uh, well, he is a voice actor using it. Well, that will actually be him in a, in a couple of years using AI, deepfake technology. So there, there's all kinds of different kind of functions of AI, just like the internet has different functions. And, and we watch TV now through the internet. We used to use cable, you know, we used to use antennas. Well, now we use you know, the internet to watch television. We use the internet to listen to music and stream music. The internet is so much a part of our daily lives and AI is sim- just as significantly, if not even more significantly, going to be a part of our daily lives. I think the other thing to speak to about AI that, that is most concerning to me is are the jobs uh, that are going to be lost due to AI. And while I, as a you know marketer and somebody who, who get, I get really excited about the efficiency that's going to be able to be created through AI, I know a lot of the people that I work with are going to lose their jobs because as copywriters, their AI is going to be a lot more efficient than them, maybe even better than them at what they do. Graphic designers, video editors, there, there are all kinds of tasks we can go down. But in, And we see a lot of different, you know, there's even, there's a neighborhood here in Long Island, here in New York, that was just built by 3D printers. And there was only one person needed on the job to set up the 3D printer. And then the house basically built itself. And he just monitored the robot building itself. And it was using AI to, you know, kind of build the 3D image and then, and then run the 3D printer to build a house. And so we just think about all these innovations that are coming out and the jobs that are going to be lost. Cars are soon to drive themselves. That's AI that is driving that car. That's a lot of jobs lost. So I think too, part of even where we're going to need to minister to our congregations is around new jobs and, and lost jobs. And, and I think there's a, there's just a lot of change coming in our world beyond just technology change. I think there's, there's a lot of change that's coming. And I think this is also where that knowledge continues to come in is there's just a lot to this conversation that we can't have enough conversations about it. Uh, and honestly, we can't understand enough. So the, the longer I'm you know, in, involved in this conversation, I would say that every day I get more excited about something new that I hear about and learn about, but I also get concerned about you know, something that, that I don't have answers to. Like what, like historically, when it comes to job changes, for example, new technologies introduce new jobs while it's also taken away jobs. But you look at farming and, and things like that that historically have been affected by innovation. Well, you know, 10 jobs are lost and only one job is created. And I think that's a reality that's coming here. And it's complicated. So while there will be new jobs and new opportunities, there's going to be even more significantly jobs lost. So we'll see what the future holds. I mean, it's, it's, there are so many unknowns uh, in what AI holds uh, for a future. But I think when it comes to the church, I think the most, the biggest thing that I, I think pastors and ministry leaders need to hear is everything is going to change and be impacted by this innovation. And I think it's the most significant innovation, technology innovation that's going to affect the church since the, the beginnings of the internet. So the reluctancy for church leaders and ministers to adopt this new technology is really going to impact their growth opportunity, their outreach, their ability to connect with audiences, Gen Z and younger that are already using these technologies, right? And so just the the reluctancy or the 
reticence to to actually lean into this type of technology is understandable on one hand, right? But just to hear you share the future or the possibilities, it's almost like you're going to be left behind if you don't. So how can we as as believers and as, you know, AI experts help empower the church to lean into it in a way that feels comfortable and maybe it takes some time, maybe it's a little slower than we'd like initially, but by having these conversations and showing you practical ways to streamline things and give you more time back into your day to do house calls, even for pastors, right? Like I was talking to Bart the other day and he said, you know, I, then I have an opportunity to make a house call or to minister, minister to someone what have all these things going on, all these moving pieces and different hats as a pastor that I have to wear if AI can help come in and support me as like an assistant and not replace me, then I'm able to meet more and have that one-on-one time. So again, bringing that back into our conversation is the mindset that we need to adopt when considering and when looking for ways to integrate it into our schedule, because that's, again, that's part of the challenge is, hey, this is new and I've been doing it a certain way for, for years, potentially even decades. And how do I like sort of, again, the new wineskins, right? Versus old wineskins, right? Like it's like the new wine is being put into an old wineskin, it'll, it'll burst, right? Because it's the, if it's rigidity or inflexibility. So the new wineskin is like living, it's, it's expanding, it expands. And so I think that that's what you have to realize too, is that the church is an organism. It's, it's living, it's operative. It's a religion is very rigid and traditional and stuck in its own, it's old ways, but just like the Pharisees, right? And the Sadducees, but like the Lord brought in like this newness, this freshness, it's, it's, it's living, it's, there's change, there's flexibility. Like God himself is flexible. Like he never changes, but he also like adapts and he created us to be, we're the most adaptable creatures on the face of the earth, right? Like we either adapt or we die, essentially, right? I mean, and it's also probably we're rev- evolutionary too, but this, this is like, also a requirement in our our adapting to the change how can we again the foundational element is that like mindset to be able to adopt something new that's unfamiliar and we're not fully aware of we're in the wild wild west so it's uncertain and that's okay and we're here to empower you in that that transition and to know that it can be leveraged as a positive and, and and good thing yes and i think practically it rarely seems like God ever wants us to to live in our comfort zone. And so I think as we move into this season, we're going to be uncomfortable. And if you're not a little bit uncomfortable, you're not paying attention to what's happening here because this is going to push us into levels of uncomfort. I, I saw this morning that there was an article that, that came out about people misusing Facebook's new AI to create sex bots. That should make you feel uncomfortable That that how this technology is already being abused. And I think that we have to be prepared for a level of, of uncomfort. And I think a level of uncomfort comfort with how we've always done ministry. Now, the encouragement I want to give to that, though, is if you are in ministry with the goal of trying to automate ministry and, and live behind a computer screen, then I think you're, you're probably going to get replaced by this technology. But if you're in ministry because you want to invest in people, in people's lives, I think that technology is going to be an incredible gift to your ministry because it's it, with the good that I think it's going to bring is taking us out of mm. uh, so many of the things that are distracting us from 
the most tangible ministry that we do. And I, I think that's when we get face-to-face, flesh-to-flesh with people in real life, uh, going through real things. And so I think that's the good. And it's going to take our content, it's going to take our messages and, and things that we're doing to, to articulate and communicate the gospel. And it's going to amplify those messages further than they've ever gone before. When I think about the Great Commission, you know, I keep I keep two things on, on my wall. Well, I actually keep, keep three things, posters on my wall here on kind of both sides of my desk. The two are the Great Command and the Great Commission, you know, to, to love God, love others, mm-hmm. uh, go into all the earth. And then the other is a Steve Jobs quote, uh, the only people basically that will change the world are the ones crazy enough to think they can. And, and I believe that when I think about the Great Commission and to go into all the world with the gospel, social media has connected the world. What Elon Musk is doing with satellites is, is creating internet connectivity. I talked to a pastor in Africa this week who was just talking to me about the internet access now that is available across all of Africa. And now, you know, the Android devices that, that, that are there. And so what's missing is native content in their languages for them to consume and, and begin to hear the gospel. That's coming. That's really, really close. And so I think that I, when I look at going into all the world, we're seeing this is kind of the final piece, as I see it, that's limited the, the ability for that to happen globally. So I, there's just so many things, I think, first to be excited about, to be refreshed by. And I think at, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to weed out some people that are doing ministry a certain way if they can't adapt and adjust. But I think for those people, too, that, that almost got frustrated with all these technologies, the good news is I think these technologies are about to run themselves. And we actually are going to be able to use these technologies and, and the outputs of these technologies. We're not going to have to manage them as much because AI is going to manage them for us to accomplish things that we tell it to do. And so it's this is good news. This is 95% of this conversation, I think, should be good news. And the bad news is just the inevitable. Like Bad news is a part of life. Like We're going to bad things are going to continue to have. Your car is going to continue to break down at times. Your house, mm-hmm. you know, your pipes are going to continue to bust sometimes like things happen so it's not all going to be good news but i think this ai conversation should be exciting to most people when you really dig into it and so there's good and bad and i think we we can go down the paths of bad but then i think as we dig into the good and i think the truth is i'm just beginning to dream about the good as i'm finding out about it we never knew what smartphones were going to do and the possibilities it was going to bring we never knew what the, the internet at best was going to be a really good digital encyclopedia in most of our minds uh, when it came out. But now it's a part of all of our lives. I, I can't even imagine going on a road trip now with a physical paper map without Google Maps. That seems crazy. And so it's, you know, I think technology enhances so much of our lives and AI is going to enhance so much of our lives and it's going to enhance so many of our ministries. No, I heard this recent acronym for ChatGPT, the GPT part with God plus tech, God mm. plus technology. Yep, I love that. Cute, right, which is great, right? God plus tech. So yeah. it's, of course, God first, that's foundational, right? Yep. Plus, in addition to leveraging the tools that we have at our disposal to, yeah. like you said, spread the gospel, reach people in, the, in these remote areas that have not yet heard the gospel translated into their own their own languages that we wouldn't have we didn't have access to this type of technology so again we we can think we can actually be grateful and thankful for the brilliant minds that are in this world that created this technology and are continuing to innovate and 
again, I know we're continuing to bring this conversation back full circle too, into having that, like that, that proper mindset that allows you to steward them, steward the tech in a way that is glorifying to God, that is serving others, that is ethically sound and moral. And we'll continue to have these conversations, like you said, as, as it expands, as I know that even I've heard that there's going to be policies in place, like the one who created ChatGPT is like, you know, talking to Congress and how to like set boundaries, right, for, you know, students at university who are like plagiarizing their essays and things like that. But there's there's going to be like, there's that's going to happen, right? But then we're also here to to create boundaries and set some, yes. some bylaw, you know, bylaws up that, that, that keep us, you know, sort of like in this path of leveraging it in a responsible way. And that only, that only come with time and it's exciting. Like you it said. is. It is. And, and I think I want to encourage too that like the people we've seen a lot of like horror films and stuff that I think create fear about these technologies. But I think about things like the people creating essays. Well, AI is actually going to be able to tell us whether this was true generated from AI or not. And when we have voice, we get a voice memo or whatever that's maybe from a fake bot, we can literally ask AI, is this a real person or is this a fake voice? And it will most likely know and be able to determine that for us. So these tools are going to actually help us just like there are lots of tools now that, that keep us safe online. And, and if you remember early days of the internet, you would get these viruses and things like that. Well, those are lesser and lesser because we've basically created cybersecurity systems and AI is going to have a policing system. So there's going to be, even the problems we identify now, there's going to be solutions to a lot of those problems. So, so I think we, you know, I think, and I appreciate where you're bringing this conversation back to be, because I think we need to come into this from a mindset of optimism and hope. Mm. And the good news is we've got the gospel. <laughs> and so we, we have the most hope filled, you know, message in the world. And AI is just an aspect of the world around us that I think could be a part of us sharing the gospel. And I think that we, we need to not be fe- fearful of this technology. And so I, I think at the end of the day, the, the best mindset we can have is just to lean in and see and understand what the possibilities are that are ahead for us. What an amazing conversation. We so appreciate you having, having you on the show today, Nils. Again, having a mindset of openness, optimism, and hope because we do have the most powerful and hopeful message in the world, the gospel. And AI is just another tool or technology to help advance the gospel, to usher in God's kingdom ultimately. Because like you said earlier, it is we are in... A, I hate to mention like the end times and, you know, sound like apocalyptic or so to speak, you know, but it's, it's obvious we are in biblical times and it's not something to be fearful of because news and media often perpetuates fear and injects fear, but we don't have to be fearful, right? Because we do have the gospel of hope. And so what about using AI? What, what greater purpose or what greater way to steward a technology than to advance the gospel and spread the good news to people, you know, worldwide. So again, that's our mindset here on the AI for Churches podcast uh, at Missional Marketing is to leverage these technologies ultimately to bring people into a closer relationship with God. And so grateful to have you on the show today, Nils, to continue to have that conversation. Is there any last words or a quote or, that you'd like to share with our audience before we jump off today? I don't have, I would really, you know, maybe, maybe lean in towards the great commandment. And I think as we think about what God has called us to, and that's to love him, and to love others. And I think if we continue to do that, 
and then just say, how, how does AI help us to love God more? And I think in loving him more, knowing him more, helping others to know him more, and how does it help us to love others better? And I think there's going to be some unique ways uh, that we'll find uh, that will help us do what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be. And so I think as we move into this future, I think we can lean into it with optimism. So thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for allowing me to share uh, my thoughts as we as we move into this new season of ministry through, through this emerging technology. Super exciting. Looking forward to having you on the show next time. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the AI for Churches podcast, your one-stop shop for all things AI, ministry, and innovation. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast and drop us a comment. Let us know what you found helpful. Also, visit us at ai.missionalmarketing.com for more resources to help you unlock the power of AI for your ministry.